Hello and welcome. This is Story You Coach Radio, and I am your host, Coach Debbie. And I'm always excited when I hear that music because it means you and I get to connect and talk about the stories you are living by and the stories you're writing and the stories you've been dreaming about writing. I am a longtime teacher of literature and essay writing, and I support people that are rebranding or writing their blogs or writing their books. When I was at the college, I had a great time teaching people about short story and fiction and literature, writing articles, doing research writing. And after a couple of decades of that, I really got hungry to teach people how to write their books. This radio show allows me to interact with you and coach you through that experience. And it also allows for a very professional place to invite first and second and third time authors to come into the studio and share what they've been writing about and especially about the process they went through when they were writing. And so because it's a beautiful studio with a wonderful engineer, I have Eric Ryder as my engineer. We have wonderful equipment. It, it's just such a nice professional place to come. I do honor the local writers first, and I do honor people flying into town for sure. And then beyond that, we reach into other time zones and sometimes we'll Skype someone in, especially someone that I feel is a real expert on leading us through the stories of our lives. So one person I just want to highlight who will be coming on the show again soon, you heard from him the first time back in May. And he is a love and relationship coach. His name is Clayton Olson. And you can find out more about him at ClaytonOlsonCoaching.com. But if you remember right, he came on the show with his NLP experience and took your calls about intimacy and love. And he's just an excellent coach in that, in that regard. But he also, he offers a YouTube channel where weekly, sometimes even more often than just once a week, he will give, um, a, I think, a, a pretty deep YouTube about, well, something about dating and relationships, deep topics. And he'll often share from his own experience and from his own coaching lab. But what I really love about him is that his advice is really, really a mix of, of psychology and NLP, but also just this wisdom, really, really living within a person's wisdom. So what I've asked Clayton to do is consider coming on the radio show, uh, probably seasonal, and just being available to your calls for part of the show and really getting you back online 
in the love story that you are living by. I'm also searching for a financial person. I've got a few in mind, but if you know of one or if you are one, you should get in touch with me. My email address is askcoachdebbie at gmail.com. And Debbie is spelled with a Y, D-E-B-B-Y, askcoachdebbie at gmail.com. I'd love to hear about any recommendations you have for money coaches. So we're just going to open up these segments of my show where we get the best of financial coaching, love coaching, maybe even a little business coaching. But if you want writing coaching, well, you get it right here every Thursday, 4 o'clock Pacific time. Also offer an encore show early in the morning when you're driving into work. And that's at 6 a.m. Pacific time or 9 a.m. Eastern time. So those are my hours when you can catch the show live. And for many of you who are downloading this show, once it is made into a podcast, you can find that at Apple Podcasts, iTunes, SoundCloud, and of course, Podcast One, which is all one word, Podcast One. And I always love hearing from you. I love getting your feedback and your comments and finding out what sort of tips and tricks you would like on your very own writing journey. You can do that by going to my Facebook page, which is Debbie Handrich. And we already went over Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. Handrich is just like it sounds. H-A-N-D-R-I-C-H. You can also go to my Coach Debbie page and leave your messages there. So it looks like as of right now, I do not have anything on Facebook Messenger, but I've got something in the email, and that looks like a very long email. So we're going to get to that first email question right after the break. So let me tell you, today we are focusing on high-value writing tips And I know I have enough time to get to three of them. And if I have more time, I'll I'll get to more. But what I really want to do today is give you a very practical writing tip. I want to give you a writing tip that would honor your high success ambition. And I want to give you a writing tip that would offer uh, just a little support to your own spiritual program. So if you ask me, all of these are high value. And what do I mean by high value? I really mean that they're going to serve you for any writing project you do, whether it's short or long, whether it's for yourself or for someone else, whether it is for an eight-week commitment or something maybe you're taking on for a year or more, or maybe even it's just that high-value commitment of listening to your own voice and taking it to your journal. 
whatever it is, I have three tips for you today. And one of the reasons I wanted to focus on high-value writing tips is because if you're listening to this show live, you are probably among the literally millions of people right now that are spending a lot more time at home due to a pandemic. And when that happens, sometimes we think, oh, that project that's been brewing in the back of my mind, now's the time to get to it. Or that writing assignment that I just haven't had enough time for, now's the time to get to it. Or that blog that I started and I shamelessly walked away from, now's the time to get back to it. Whatever you're thinking over is really, really important, whether there's a pandemic or not. But what I do know about having more time on your hands is that thought that now, now is the perfect time to jump in with both feet. But what happens if you don't have some high-valued guidance in front of you you're just going to fall back into that old procrastination or that old thinking that you don't really have the time for this, that this time has to go to some other project. And I know what that feels like. <laughs> I really know what that feels like. And I, I wish I didn't, but I do. And that's what helps me be a good coach to you because I know what it feels like to say, aha, now, now's the perfect time. And a week or two later, not doing it anymore. And why is that? Well, usually it's because we just had a thought around how it would be the perfect time. And we haven't really, really leaned into our own wisdom and our own high-valued practices and exercises that are going to guide us through committing to writing that book or that blog or that new brand. So I invite you to think about this today. What kinds of tips can I give to you today? Where are you struggling to get back to your writing or to get into your writing or to regain the flow of your writing or to just feel confident with your writing or to know that you really are a writer. What would you like to hear from me today? Just send me a note on Facebook Messenger or at my email address. Did I did I announce that? My email address is askcoachdebbie at gmail.com. Askcoachdebbie, D-E-B-B-Y, at gmail.com. I've got a lot of screens open today. I'm actually not at the studio today. I miss seeing Eric when I don't go into the studio, but I got I got computer screens in front of me. I've got phone screens. I've got an iPad. I can barely see over there. I got everything I need to support me here. I'm not going to be taking calls today, but if you want to write in, I will be more than happy 
to answer your call and give you live coaching today. All I do is say your first name. I don't tell people your last name. I don't tell people anything that would make you searchable. Um, But it is so, so good to get to connect to you and get to offer you coaching so you can be on your way and feel confident about whatever it is you're writing about Or as I've said, the stories you're living by, those are just so important. The stories you feel yourself in, the stories with your kids, with your family, with your job, with your love relationship, with your finances, could even be a story with your landscaping, with your home repairs, with your mother-in-law who's coming to live with you with your father-in-law who's moving out from living with you, with your child who's about to come home from college and live with you again, the stories around your diet, the stories around your career, any story, the story that you live by. And what I mean is the stories you value, whatever they are. I am here to coach you through how to manage them and especially how to write about them. I want to thank some people that tend to show up on a regular basis and listen to the show. And for all of you that may be turning in for your first or second time, because if you weren't doing it, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here to offer this content for you. I want to thank Antonio, who is not only a consistent listener, but often sends feedback. It means so much to me. I want to thank Annette, who is not only someone who listens on a consistent basis, but you also quote me at times. And and it makes me feel very confident and valuable in what I'm offering. I want to thank you for that. I want to thank Terry and Merti, who are across the country and listen in on a weekly basis, and they send me a text right afterwards and let me know like a takeaway that they got from the show. It just touches me so much to hear from you. I want to thank my mom, who is always rooting for me, whether she is telling me what she would love to hear on the show or whether she's congratulating me for pulling off being vulnerable. (laughs) I am always touched whenever my mom is listening. Aren't we all? Aren't we all touched when mom chimes in and and says, you did did good, kid, you know, even though we're old. (laughs) At least I am. So... Those are just a few people that I want to say thank you to that I know uh, put four o'clock on the calendar and are here. But I also want to say thank you to the people that pop on when you can and who write to me quite often. And that is Hannah. I just I love getting your emails. Jackie, you always say something that just makes me stop and ponder. Uh, Drew, you have been such a faithful listener, and it is wonderful to know that men are listening. Zach, it is great to serve you. You may be my youngest listener, 
And I, I think once you told me that you were 16 years old, and it it thrills me that you take time to listen to talk radio when I know a lot of people your age are probably engaging in something else. And then thank you to all the rest of you. It is wonderful to be here with you. So today we are going to dive into three high-value writing tips. And the very, very, very first one is that when you are getting back to your writing, when you are getting into the flow of writing, the most practical thing you can do is set your timer. And why is that? When you set your timer, and I'm going to suggest 12 minutes. When you set your timer for 12 minutes, you're setting a boundary. And you're letting your mind know that what you're doing is the only thing that matters right now. You're making a commitment with yourself to write. And like I said, 12 minutes is a great place to start. You'll build up from there. But on day one, consider 12 minutes. You, your pen, your notepad, and you just go for it. Maybe it's you, your computer, and your keyboard, and you just go for it. But you give yourself 12 minutes to only focus on what you want to write about. That's my tip number one in the short version When we come back, we're going to talk about it in the long version. We're going to take our first question. And like I said, we're speaking about high-value writing tips today. We will be right back. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Alternative Talk 1150. It's good for what ails you. This statement has not been evaluated by the FDA. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. 
I am your host, Coach Debbie, and I am here every Thursday at 4 o'clock Pacific Time live in the studios of KKNW to offer Story You Talk Radio. But as you know, we're living in a time where most of us are at home, and I am as well today, but I look so forward to life getting back to normal where we can all be back at work and I can be in the studio. But thanks to great equipment and wonderful, wonderful engineers like Eric, who's working for me today and supporting the radio station, we're able to still broadcast live for you. I'm talking to you about three high-value writing tips today. If you can adopt these three you are going to be in the habit that you need to be in to create your blog or your book or your brand. So uh, I'm very, I'm very particular when I say the word habit. All three of these tips I'm going to offer you today are about being habitual with practical knowledge, with high success ideas and with your spiritual programming. So we just stepped into tip one, which is a very, very practical tip. The idea is if you want to be producing a book or a blog and you want to be writing on a regular basis, you're going to need to figure out how much time can you write without being bothered, without being called away, without being distressed. It's really important to find out how much time you can write. And there isn't a wrong answer here. The right answer is figuring out what's right for you. So I always suggest that you start with 12 minutes. Most people can do that. I used to suggest five. I don't think that's a great number because um, people know right off the bat that they can probably do five. 12, it just, it, it's just slightly outside of the comfort zone, just slightly. If you set your timer for 12 minutes, and let's say you start on Sunday, you're going to find that 12 minutes either goes by way faster than you thought, or 12 minutes just inches on by, just slowly creeps on by. That's really good information for you. Because when you are writing a book or a blog or rebranding or starting a newsletter that's going to come out twice a week or whatever it is you're writing, you have to find out what's your threshold. How long can you be with this? Now, what I have found for myself is that I, I make a lot of assumptions when I'm out of flow of that thing I want to be writing. So for example, I used to have a weekly newsletter. And when I was in the flow of that weekly newsletter, what I found was about an hour and 10 minutes. And I was really in my groove. I could find the the pictures I wanted. I could write the text I wanted. I could lay it out in a nice fashion. But after about an hour and 10 minutes, hour and 15 minutes, about an hour and a half maximum, um, I started to get ornery. 
and I'd have to walk away and come back. So this was really good information for me. Why? Because if I only really had 45 minutes, I knew that that was not a good time to sit down and do my newsletter because I need more time than that. The times that I was out of flow with my, my writing and I would tell myself, oh, just, you know, you got 45 minutes here. That would end up being the newsletter that I did and redid and redid. Why? Because I wasn't honoring my zone. My zone, it turned out, after writing several newsletters, was about an hour and 10 minutes. Now, if I hadn't been setting my timer and learning about this, I would have dealt with a lot more frustration. I don't remember exactly how many minutes I gave myself the first time around. Maybe I did give myself 45 minutes. But the idea of starting with whatever number you start with, maybe it's 12 minutes, maybe it's 30 minutes. The idea is that you keep building up. You get to a point where 12 minutes, maybe by day two or three or four It's just not enough time, and you know it's not enough time. You know you can write for longer than that, and that it would feel good. So you bump up your timer, and you say, you know, yesterday was 12 minutes. I know I need more. Today, I'm going for 25. And you set that timer. You're going to find yourself just building up on it, and you'll, you'll get into a space where It just feels good. So I want to invite this idea for a moment. Do you remember when, oh, what did they call this? Did they call it the Flex Week? Mm, I should have looked it up before the show. I think it was called Flex Working or the Flex Week. When all of a sudden, working from 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, in the United States of America, (laughs) became this, um, it became the traditional model because a new and alternative model came in. And that was called, I think, the Flex Week, where you worked what, what I know we called the Four Tens. So four days out of the week, you were working 10-hour days and having a three-day weekend. So a lot of people, it meant working Monday through Thursday, and you had Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. For some industries, you had Monday off. So you were working Tuesday through Friday, and you were taking Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. So this was your 410 week. I know that in um, healthcare, the 410s were often the swing shift. So you would start at four o'clock in the afternoon and finish at midnight uh, traditionally, but now you were starting at four o'clock in the afternoon and finishing at 2 a.m. Lordy. Uh, I know that because I worked this shift, we did it in catering as well. So as a server in catering, four tens 
Well, let me tell you, I thought this was going to be the greatest thing ever. But you know what? (laughs) It was not for me. (laughs) In fact, what I found was that the eight-hour day I had been working for a long time was really my maximum. I loved the idea of a three-day weekend. I loved the idea. But putting in 10 hours with a lunch break, no, it just, it, it did not speak to how I function. And I, I I remember, I'm not going to go so far to saying I collapsed, but I, I just remember becoming ornery and rebellious and really, 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 really exhausted in those last couple hours. And it wasn't just the last two hours. It was, it was sometimes even after I'd pass about the six and a half hour point and I think, my God, I have three and a half hours to go. I'm never going to make it. And keeping my eye on the weekend, thinking that'll be my reward, it just wasn't enough of a reward. Why? Because working 10 hours straight was not the sweet spot for me. So come back to this idea I'm setting up for you. If you start by setting your timer, set it at 12 minutes, grow to 25, grow into 40 minutes, but just Really pay attention. What is your length of time? What is your sweet spot? Some of you are going to find that you can write for two and a half hours and not think about anything but what you're doing. And then you're done. Some of you are going to find that 45 minutes is your sweet spot. And that because you're doing 45 minutes after about three or four hours, you feel like coming back and doing more and that you do a lot more. Some of you are going to find that you like to write about three hours in the morning, but not necessarily every morning. I'd be really surprised if you told me that you loved writing eight hours a day every day. I'd be surprised by that. And at the same time, I I commend you if you can do it. (laughs) (laughs) because that is really, really tough to do, to set out and do a 40-hour work week when you are a writer. Yowza. Um, All I can say is don't start there. Don't start there. Start with 12 minutes or so and see how you might build up. I will be talking a little bit more about this on my Facebook page throughout the week. This is my number one practical tip. And my Facebook page is Debbie Handrich. It's D-E-B-B-Y. And my last name is H-A-N-D-R-I-C-H. We're going to go on to tip number two here. And I am going to address it in, in conjunction with reading this email that I got. Because... Tip number two is focusing on your dream so that you start writing from your heart. So what I mean by this is 
usually you're writing something because you've had a dream to write about this thing for a long time. Maybe it's your novel. If you're listening, Sandy, I want to commend you for not only participating in the NaNoWriMo and drafting out the first part of your novel, but for coming back to it and deciding that Camilla deserves a full novel. Yes, this is beautiful. This is just to say that sometimes when you have a dream about writing and you put it in a structure like NaNoWriMo, that's the contest where you write every day for 30 days. The idea is to get to 50,000 words, but some, some novels aren't done at 50,000 words. Sandy did this, and then she decided that she would pick up with where she left off on day 31 and continue the process, and we're working together on her beautiful novel. So how did this begin? Sandy had a dream to write a book, and by writing for 30 days in a row, she started to connect with a deeper story, and that's the story of her heart. I hope at some point Sandy writes in and we can talk more about that. Today I want to go to Emma's question. This came to my email. Emma, thank you for writing in. She says, I love this topic of high value. I like the idea that we can be in high value even though we are living in stressful times. I have been working on a story for a long time. I hope I don't have to say how long. And I'm really out of the flow. I don't want to go back to it and see my mistakes. It was something I dreamed about producing years ago. And then my son got sick. At first, I just told people, well, my son is sick. And that's why I'm not writing. But he has long since recovered and I am not back to writing. Truthfully, when I go back and sit down, what I think about most is the journey I went through with my son. It started with tuberculosis. Emma, not to be um, not not to be rude or anything, but I I'm going to skip over the details about your son's. Um, your son's surgery and such. And I'm just going to jump down to this last part where you said, my excuse began because of my son's series of surgeries. But since then, I just don't know how to get back to my book. It started as a dream, but every time I sit down, I start crying and I don't know if it's because I'm not producing or if it's because I just keep thinking, about that horrible time that we went through together. Okay. Emma, <laughs> this um, I just want you to know I did read your full email and I only cut out that one part because I want to stick with what is true for you and for others. And that is this. We begin with a dream. We often have a reason where we have to step away. It's not just you. Most of us have a very good reason that calls us away. I mean, look at all of us right now. 
we're going through a pandemic and life is operating on other terms, certainly not ours. So you had a very good reason to step away. But then your heart got very, very involved in what you were doing. And now when you come back to your writing, even though it was a real dream you had to write, you're in the grief. Emma, what I want to tell you about that is, is that is that grief comes first. And um, I know that might be hard to hear, but the reason it's so important that we write our dream project is because it takes us into our heart. It helps us connect with our truest voice. And if you keep coming to the page or to the computer and you're crying, it, it means you are in your heart space. And it means that something a little more important needs you right now. You have a lot of grief for a, a real situation with your son. I know it's not part of today. I know it, it happened in the, in the past. But it happened. And you're very sad about it. And your heart needs you for that. Your heart needs to cry. Your heart might need to write in your journal about that experience. And your heart might need to just know that whatever it's feeling, it can spill out and you won't walk away. If you do that, Emma, I promise you, you will have the energy and the strength to get back to your writing. And I say this from experience. There are so many things, so many writing projects I have had to shelf for much longer periods of time than I wanted. But it was because my grief came first. It had to. It just has to. It is our dreams that allow us to get into our heart. That's my tip. Focus on the dream and you'll come back to your heart. But if your heart is grieving, that's got to come first. Yes. And because you honor it and you allow it to come first, it's not going to go on and on and on. The people that go on and on and on are the ones that just can't honor what's up for their heart. And I really mean that. We're going to talk more about tip two when we come back from our second break and segue into our spiritual and third tip. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You've been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. You have to carefully monitor your health for the rest of your life and you have an increased risk of developing cardiovascular disease. Cut, take two, action. You've been diagnosed with a new purpose, to fight for the amazing life you made for yourself. To look that risk of heart disease square in the face and say, no, not me. You've been given a new opportunity to live. Get started at nodiabetesbyheart.org. 
Are you ready for something real, raw, upfront, and honest? Then tune in each Wednesday at 2 p.m. right here for Love from the Hip. I am spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and the host, Sakura Sutter. This show is unlike anything you have ever heard and was created to help others to help themselves. Hear me follow up with guests I have hypnotized and see how it has improved their lives. I will also spotlight amazing people from around the world. Their skin tips, live readings, and answers to life's burning questions. Join us each Wednesday at 2 p.m. How do you define strength? Is it physical? Or is it mental? Maybe it's both. Maybe it's whatever empowers a person to dig deeper, fight harder, and overcome obstacles that once seemed insurmountable. Discover how much stronger and more confident your children can be. Encourage them to participate in a sport when they go to high school. This message presented by the Washington Interscholastic Activities Association and the Washington State Secondary Athletic Administrators Association. Need help getting started with self-help? You came to the right place. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. I'm so happy you're joining me today. I am your host, Coach Debbie, and I am taking your live questions about three high-value writing tips because my guess is if you are not writing right now, there's something you have dreamt about writing and you'd like to find your way back into the flow of it. And a lot of us are concerned that these are tricky times to live by. And maybe, 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 maybe this would be a time to get back into our writing. Well, it can be. But just like any old time, you have to get to know yourself. And you have to set up good boundaries if you are going to establish and stick with that flow. Just like one of my clients recently said, Mary said, I need accountability and that happens by having deadlines. Yeah, Mary, I'm with you. I'm with you. I know that some of the best work I have done was just hours before important deadlines, whereas some of the mm, sloppier work I've done was because I couldn't feel any urgency or any connection to a deadline. So for some of us, deadlines really work. One of my high-value tips today is to find your boundary by setting a timer, maybe starting with 12 minutes, building your way up to 25, building your way up to 45, but just see What amount of time can you sit still and write and really feel that you're in the flow? Because you don't want to set the timer and just push yourself to get to that time point. You want to actually find out where do I do my best work? How much time? And like I shared, I found that I could write the first draft of my newsletter quite well in about an hour and 10 minutes, but it, it did. It took working with that timer to find out what my time frame was because if I tried to rush through it in 45 minutes or if I just sat there for a really long time, 
I found I got irritated. And that's not where any of us belong with our writing. We belong in the flow. So my very first tip is that you get honest with yourself by setting a timer and finding what is that boundary? What is that amount of time that speaks to you? Moving into the second tip we heard from Emma, who wrote about the fact that she had a certain flow going, and then due to her son's illness, she was very busy with that, of course had to attend to that, but hasn't found her way to get back into the flow because she just finds herself in a, a pool of tears and no one can blame you for that. My second writing tip is that you focus on your dream because it will take you back to your heart. If you have a dream to write and you focus on what that dream is, you're going to hear from your heart. In Emma's case, it sounds like she's not only focused on her dream, but she's also being reminded that she had to put it down for a very, very, very good reason, and that was to be there for her son. So she's back in her heart space by, by filling her notebook with tears, for sure, back in her heart space. But the tip I gave her was that she needs to attend to that grief, and by doing so, she's going to be in that heart space to do the writing of her book. That's just so important. Grief comes first. Doesn't matter what we're up to. When grief comes knocking, we need to sit down and listen and be with it. If we can do that, we'll be back to our life in a, I don't want to say a timely manner, but I want to say in an authentic manner, because sometimes grief needs a good amount of time. But you can't jump over grief and leap past it to just get back to something you've been dreaming about. If you've been dreaming about writing your project and you don't have a world of hurt in front of you, what I suggest you do is think about the dream with your eyes closed in a quiet place and remind yourself when you were first coming up with this dream, I want to write a book. I want to offer my blog. What, what was it that you truly wanted to offer? If you let yourself go into this space it's going to be your heart that writes this book and not some sort of, oh, pressure to be something, not some sort of uh, false integrity to be seen in a certain way. You're going to get back to your real ambition. I've shared on this show that I had a real dream of working with special needs students. And honestly, I, I didn't know I had a dream of writing a book about it. But I did know when I was especially in college that 
that was the area that I wanted to take my major. But I was also very, very afraid <laughs> because when I was going to graduate school, it was mandated that children couldn't be touched. And I hope most of you have forgotten about this. It was in it was in the 90s. But it was this idea that teachers were not to touch their children. And here I was going into special education. And I could not for the life of me figure out how do you offer special education and not touch the hand of a child, not put your hand on their shoulder, not pat them on the back. How do you not hug a child? And I just thought, oh man, I'm... I'm going to be the one that gets in trouble for this. And I started having nightmares that I'd end up in jail or something like that. It got really crazy. But I basically, I pulled myself away from my dream. My dream was to work with special education. But I couldn't figure out how I was going to make that work because I'm just one of those really touchy-feely sort of people. And I stepped away from it. And I thought of what is, what is my next dream? And as I got in touch with the idea of storytelling had always been a huge dream of mine, it made sense to pursue literature. And I went on my path of teaching college, and I'm glad I did. But what happened years later was that I actually had more time for my writing after leaving that career at the college. And I started to think about what do I want to write about? One thing that came to me was my memory of going to graduate school and how much I wanted to be involved in special education. And the idea came, if this is a dream to be involved in special education, you can't turn your back on it. Just because you did not become an educator in special education doesn't mean there isn't a way. And that led to a whole new opening. And it just, it absolutely landed in my lap where I met a special Olympian and I realized over the course of about eight hours of watching her and observing her on an airplane flight that she probably didn't have anyone to tell her story, to write it down. And I wanted to be the one to do it. And that's my short story. The long story is that it's not only a dream, but because I honored that dream, it brought me into my heart again and back into really listening to my own voice and writing. And while the project tends to be one that is a little longer than I thought it would be, I have a lot of patient people on board, and this dream will be completed. And and it is because I came back to listening to that dream so that the writing could come out of my heart. And that really leads me to the third step, which is 
that if you are going to be a high-valued writer, if you are going to put high-valued books on the bookshelf, if you are going to offer a weekly high-valued blog, if you are going to commit to high-value content in your newsletter, tip number three is you've got to honor your wisdom. And you might be thinking, I don't know if I'm all that wise. But your wisdom always lies in your strong patterns. There's some strong patterns that you do over and over and over again because you are wisest by following them. So one high-value way that I honor my wisdom is I keep my space where I'm writing clear and cluttered-free. I have to. When I look back at the patterns, what I see is that I am one of those people that will stop everything, clear away clutter, and go back to what I want to do, and I become very productive. Doesn't matter if I'm writing. Doesn't matter if I'm doing this show. Doesn't matter if I'm teaching. It, it absolutely doesn't matter what the project is. If I want to be productive, one of the ways that I honor my wisdom is that I look at my patterns and I look at the fact that clutter always bogs me down and the clarity comes from being clear. My third tip to you that you honor your wisdom, it starts by looking at your patterns. Your patterns always show you what is wisest in you, what you need to be doing if you want to accomplish something. Um, this question came in very late. We only have a minute here, but I am going to take it. Mike says, Mike says, thank you for offering this topic. I don't really understand what my strong points are as a writer. Do you think that's important? The reason I'm taking this question, Mike, is I do think this ties in with my third tip here. Yes, it is important to know what your strengths are. But the way you know your strengths is exactly what I'm talking about here. You look at your patterns. My husband, when, when he was here, he has passed on. When he was here, he was a daily morning writer. Daily morning. He didn't budge out of that. There were times when he would add on and do more writing, but that was something that was non-negotiable. One of my teachers, she always wrote with the same pen. She knew that about herself. That was part of her wisdom. She liked the way it felt. It's the way she did things. One of my coaches had a place he loved to travel to, and when he had deadlines coming, he would go to that place and he would write nonstop for about three days. You have patterns, you have wisdom. Honor that 
and you will find yourself back in the flow of writing again. This is my promise. So next Thursday, I'll be back with you with a new topic. Until then, namaste, my friends.